Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the EWN Radio Network. Welcome to On the Record with your host, Ashram Lux Lucid. Alright, welcome to another episode of On the Record. I'm your host, Astrum Lux Lucis. This week's guest is a very distinguished actress who's been known for her role as Miss Yvonne from the Pee Wee Herman Show. She's also appeared in the films American Graffiti, The Running Man, Rain Man, and Bridesmaids. She's been on numerous television shows, including some of my childhood favorites like MASH, Alice, One Day at a Time, Laverne and Shirley, and The Jeffersons, just to name a few. Her resume spans an impressive acting career from 1971 up through present day, where she played the role of Charlie's mom on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I must confess, after looking over her IMDb profile, I'm a little awestruck and definitely honored to be interviewing her. Please welcome Lynn Stewart. Oh, thank you. (laughs) <laughs> that was so just lovely. Have- I'm, I'm impressed myself. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I couldn't believe all the all the TV shows that you were on that I used to watch as a kid. I'm like, oh my god, I used to love that show. So it's pretty cool to be talking with you right now. Um, uh, oh, great. Yeah. So tell me, how did you get into the world of acting? Is it something you always wanted to do when you were a little girl? Did you say, when I grow up, I want to be an actress? I mean, how did that all get started for you? Well, um, I grew up in Los Angeles, and um, I was in Norwalk, California, going to school, like the first and second grade. And we didn't do anything uh, like connected to reading or writing, we we visited fire stations and made peanut butter and stuff like that. So then we moved to Beverly Hills, where the kids were already reading and writing, and it was very advanced. And I was put back a grade, and I still was having problems. But it was it was good because I was so tiny. I was very short, so nobody could tell that I was put back a grade. <laughs> and I started um, – there was a wonderful teacher, Miss Sevenens, who came around to the classes and helped people read. And she said, you you have a lot of expression. Uh, you know, you're, you're going to be an actress someday. And that made me feel so good because – I was I was behind, and and then we did a, a play, a, uh, and I played um, Christmas Joy, and I introduced the spirit of Christmases uh, from other countries to Santa Claus, and I thought oh, this is so much fun, and, and it was very similar to Miss Yvonne because I was kind of the hostess at the playhouse, and um, I even had wings, and so uh, it was just amazing to be Christmas Joy. And I thought, this is what I want to do. I want to be on stage, and I want to introduce people. <laughs> so, so so that was my first uh, acting uh, experience, having so much fun. And then when I was in high school, I went to Beverly Hills High School, there was a park a couple of blocks away from the school, and there was a teacher, Rose Jane Landau, and she taught uh, improv. And my classmates were like Richard Dreyfus and wow. uh, Rob Reiner did a play over there. And so it, it was it, it was so exciting, and it was also, 
I've, I've never been afraid of improv because I grew up with it. I mean, I can understand other actors saying, this is so scary, I can't do it, I can't just make it up, go on stage and make stuff up. I can understand their fear, but I don't have it because I was raised with it. And so from there, from that great background of, of improv, um, later on I was involved after uh, college with a, uh, the company theater, which was great because I, I went back living at home, and it was only the company theater was just two blocks away from my parents, so I would just walk over, and I got more improv education. And then there was um, – uh, then I had um, Harvey Lembeck's improv class when I was in my 20s, and we had we had people in the class like John Ritter and wow. – we had Robin Williams, I mean, and Mary Kate Place was in the class. We had wonderful, wonderful actors, and a lot of them were on series at the time. And then, and then I went to the Groundlings, and then that that truly was and is my spiritual home. I still go back and do shows there, and that's where uh, the Pee Wee Herman show was formulated. We. We went in the back room and, and improvised little scenes, and then we did a, a show at midnight at the Groundling Theater, and then it got moved to the Roxy, and then um, CBS decided to make a, a TV series, and we did the TV series for five years, and then um, and then 2010 we went to Broadway and did it on Broadway for. For three uh, for three months to the holiday season uh, on on Broadway, and that was really something. Going back and doing a character, the same character that you did thirty years ago, but everybody <laughs> was. So, I was like, oh my god, the reviews are going to kill me. Uh, <laughs> you know who does she think she is? Uh, but but they didn't. Everybody was so. Wonderful, and there were like forty-year-old men in tears, and their their mothers in their in their sixties, my age, and and everybody was jumping up and down like children because these women had sat with their sons and daughters and watched the show when they were little kids. So it was like being able to relive history, and people would say, "I didn't know because." It, it, the Broadway stage is, is so big and everything, and I came through the door. And people didn't know. People in the back said, "I didn't know whether it was you or not until you opened your mouth." <laughs> and so then, it, it was it, it was great because because uh, I, I I felt that about the the kids. I felt that as a kid about the uh, um, the TV shows, like we had Engineer Bill and, and we had Sheriff John out here in California, and I just loved the children's shows that I grew up on. And so I knew I knew what they were feeling because it was their life. It was what they did. They came home from school and, and uh, well, the Pee Wee show was on Saturday, but I came home from school and watched Engineer Bill and, and Sheriff John. And, and so um, I understand. I understand how important that is to to connect with your with your past. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and you've um, you've got quite a past. I mean, looking over your career. It's ama- like I said, it's amazing just running through your IMDb. I was just like, oh my god, like I'm going to be talking to this lady. <laughs> you know, <laughs> how have you? And 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 today, even today, before this call, you were you know going on an audition. You know, you're you're still active and you're still doing it, and you've had so many roles through the years. Uh, what do you attribute yes, that been, to? You're I've just been always very, out there. Uh, very lucky, and a lot of it is. I I owe to the Groundlings because the Groundlings we we did characters and and also we also uh, learned how to do the character of ourselves like like um, in it's always sunny in Philadelphia those guys improvise so much and 
I can improvise with them because of, you know, being a long time in the saddle, an improviser. And sometimes they just write, the boys come in to Mrs. Kelly's house. And then I have to feel it. Oh, do you want some cookies? Do you want to oh, sit down? You know, does anybody want any water or something to do? I mean, they leave it up to me to fill in the boys come into the house. And that's that's because I can do it, and and that's because of uh, the training at the groundlings. And, and a lot of the times they improvise, and one of the keys to improvisational comedy is listening and so and keeping calm. And so I just listen to the boys, and then when they stop talking, then I can add a, my line or a plot point to move the scene along. So um, I, I really... I really benefited so much from the groundlings. And wonderful thing about the groundlings, and, and, and if you write, you can be like I can be a belly dancer. You know, I just had I just had to write my I would, would play this belly dancer Madeline Fitouche. You know, hello, how are you? <laughs> and, and like nobody's gonna hire me as a belly dancer you know i have red hair you know i'm irish <laughs> so, so um but with the wig and everything i could be i could be somebody else and that's the that's the joy and fun of improv is that you can be if you can if you can write yourself a piece you can be anybody you want and like i'm I'm attractive, but I'm not the most beautiful woman in in Puppet Land. But but you know, well, I guess I am. I'm the only woman <laughs> in Puppet Land. <laughs> but I mean, Paul could have picked somebody who was classically beautiful, which I'm not. But he picked me, who was a friend who who played that, who played the prom queen type. You know, I I. I played her but when I did Miss Yvonne I wasn't young I was already like 40 and I would be Miss Yvonne and then I'd go out for commercial interviews and there'd be you know other actresses in my same category who'd already you know feel like older and depressed and in moo-moos and I went well I'm here (laughs) right now but soon I will be the most beautiful woman in puppet land (laughs) so so it was really fun to to be able to play Miss Yvonne and also it gave me a chance to do things that I loved and believed in like um uh, Paul couldn't go out on the road on the weekends because he was, you know, writer, director, star. But I could, I could go, you know, I like fly to uh, Columbus, Ohio, and 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 do uh, a, a, a stint for children's literacy. I did so much to fight AIDS during that time of the show, and it was, it, it was. I loved it. I mean, I wore my Miss Yvonne costume. I went into (laughs) hospitals, and that's what I wanted to do. I mean, when I was a little girl, well, other little girls were wanted to to get married. I wanted to do charity events. And I remember reading Photoplay, and Sandra D was doing a, a charity event. I went, oh, I want to be Sandra D. I want to do a charity event. So I definitely got my my wish. I and um, I I had I had a ball. I had a ball during that time, going going out on the road and being able to make a difference in causes that I loved. So it was no, a very, no. very oh, – and Paul, Paul, you know, he plays this down. He doesn't talk about it in in interviews, but he he did so much for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. You know, we had a little girl, Angela, and a little boy, Danny, and we were so close to their families, and we were – we spoke at their memorial, and, and Danny was buried with a – a, a peewee doll, and and Angela was buried in Miss Yvonne's jewelry. So we were uh-huh. a huge part of their of their lives and their families' uh-huh. lives up it, up until when they they passed. And, wow. and their you know 
they'll Angela and Daniel always be a part of me. You know, just like yeah, I was a part of them during that time. Oh, and you have something new too, a new shell. <laughs> oh yeah, Captain Carl gave it to me. Oh, Captain Carl. <laughs> was the captain here today? Yeah, but he had to go here today. Date. I mean, <laughs> a date. Pee Wee, are you sure? No, it wasn't a date. She had an engagement. She's pretty. <laughs> would like me. But he does like you. No. I mean really like me. Oh. Yes. Maybe if we both wish very, very hard, my secret wish will come true. Okay, what do we do? Hold your hands like this. Close your eyes very, very tight. I wish, I wish, on my secret star. On special planets, Venus, Mars. The Captain Caro would like me so, and think I'm beautiful from head to toe. Bonjour, mes amis. Now you remember it's a secret, okay? Okay. Crush your heart. Okay, okay. We'll be right back. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. And we're back on the record. I want to talk a little bit about improv because that that always fascinates me, and I didn't know that a lot of the show um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia is kind of improv. Um, what? How do you go about learning? Because that yeah, that to me sounds like totally scary, like being able to like think on the fly <laughs> and and staying calm and you know not like oh my god, what am I gonna like? I even sometimes get like, what's the next question I'm going to ask my guest? You know, so I could probably never do improv. But how how does one get trained to do that? Like, what's involved with that? Well, the, in L.A., I mean, I don't I don't know about, you know, Austin. I don't know the, about the groups in, in Austin, but there's there's quite a few good groups here. There's the Groundlings. There's the Upright Citizens Brigade. Um, there's Second City. So there's a, a lot of places in L.A., and I'm sure there's places in Austin where you can go that, that offer improv, um, and you just study. You just and it's it's just um, you go to the class. And I can give you a couple of little rules. Would you like to hear the rules? Yeah, sure. Let's hear the rules. <laughs> well, one of them is if you have a partner and you're doing a scene, don't deny. And this is so important. Like. 
like if you come in and you say, here are some flowers, and you hand your partner some imaginary flowers, and your partner says, those aren't flowers, those are a toy truck. That's a toy truck. Well, that's denying in the scene, and you don't, you're left with egg on your face. You don't know what to do because you have brought your partner flowers. So you never deny. If somebody comes in and says, here's my cat, you go, oh, my gosh, that's the most beautiful cat I've ever seen. Let's give it some milk. And so that's the number one rule for me is don't deny. And and another rule in improv is add information. Like if somebody, it's like, like what I just said about the cat, and then the other person said, let's give it some milk. So that's mm-hmm. how you build a scene. You keep on adding information, and you keep it positive. Like you don't say, oh, your cat's starting to die, you know, because it's not funny. <laughs> oh, <geez. Yeah. laughs> that doesn't add good information to the scene. And to listen. <laughs> To really, and that's a hard thing to do sometimes, is to just calm your brain and listen to your partner. Like, what is your partner talking about? What are they saying? And if you're nervous and excited, then your brain turns off and you don't hear what your partner is saying. So that's mm. that's very important to just calm your brain and listen to what your partner is saying and add information. And funny will come. I mean, don't try and, you know, in the middle of an improv scene, you know, throw in jokes that you heard on TV last night. You know, (laughs) the most important thing is to build the scene and to work with your partner. And it's tons of fun. I mean, and it's also fun for people who just want to, that don't want to go on in improv, but just want to improve their themselves, like in public speaking or, or socially, um, in social situations, and so I, I would suggest to anybody who's at all interested, just go take a class and and uh, and test it out and see if it's it's something that'll will bring you pleasure. It's always brought me pleasure, and sometimes if I'm not in an improv class, I start getting depressed, and I think, well, why, why am I depressed? And then I'll go to the improv class, and, and, and I'll, I'll get to play a, an, an old lady or a, a Russian woman. Well, I am kind of an old lady, <laughs> a real old lady, like, hello, how are you? you know? Or a Russian lady, so happy to see you. You know, so, and that fulfills me. That adds to me. And, and so... Then I think, well, that's that's why I've been depressed because I haven't had that outlet, you know. And and I always want to improvise. I, I don't want to. Okay, today's the day I stop improvising because that's the day I start getting depressed. <laughs> so uh, it's part it's part of me, and I would recommend it for anybody to just go take a class, try it out, and see if it's see if it's for you. Yeah, it sounds like it'd be something like you said that would be really great for just anybody to improve, like like personal development. It's a, it's probably like a really scary but joyful form of personal development, you know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a technique that you use to quiet your mind in that in those moments? Is there something you do, or do you like meditate beforehand, or you have to like burn some incense, you know, <laughs> sacrifice a goat? What? <laughs> well, I. Oh, oh, there's there's a actor Michael McDonald who was on um, Mad TV, and I've worked with him many times at the Groundlings, and he's a genius at taking his time and really listening. Um, and so I learned from watching him, and it's just it's just not talking too too fast in it. Uh, in an improv scene, I'm talking too fast now because I had three cups of coffee. <laughs> but uh, but I, I just just remembering that I, I, in the in the scene to to listen to your partner, and when you're really really listening to someone, you're naturally you're slowing down. You you have to slow down because if you speed up. 
you're not going to hear what the other person is saying when you stop talking because you're, <laughs> you know, so so <laughs> I, I don't have a technique. It's just doing it for a really, really long time. And yeah. um, my teacher now, Bill Steinkellner, he, you know, he doesn't care if his scene is funny. He All he wants is people to slow down and listen to each other. And funny comes. So it's just it's just practice. It's just practice slowing yourself down and listening to the other person. Yeah. And do you carry that over into everyday life? Uh I try to, you know, yeah. to, to listen to other people. Mm-hmm. I try to. Yeah. 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 Because that seems like you know that's an, another that I I gotta enroll in an improv class. It sounds like you know fabulous because that's a friend of mine always talks about how um, God gave you two ears and one mouth. Use them appropriately, you know. <laughs> and, uh, I like yeah. that. Yeah, listen, listen more, speak less. You know, or so that's great. Um, You'd mentioned you went to college. What did you study in college? Was you, were you strictly theater in there? I did LA City College here. Um, in, oh, in Los Angeles, my friend Norton Wisdom calls it the University of Vermont and at Melrose because it's it's on Melrose and it sounds so much classier than junior college. <laughs> the University of Vermont at Melrose. <laughs> but they have a wonderful uh two year program for actors. And okay. I I and uh, Cindy Williams, who's my best friend, was there when I was there. So we did uh we did scenes together and we, we kind of grew up together. I mean she's she's still my best friend and uh so I, I would recommend uh, if you're interested in acting, to take it in college because it opens you up. Like we we studied uh, Eugene O'Neill and Tennessee Williams. We studied the classics, and you'll always have that background of the classics. Mostly for when people talk about Tennessee Williams, you'll know exactly who they're talking about, and you can reference his plays, and you, and also you've been in them. So I I would say um, that it's just it just helps you it, it it to go to to school to act because it gives you a like I said a, a background in the classics and working with other people and you're going to meet people in college that you'll know for the rest of your life. That said, there are people that go from high school to Broadway and are doing just fine. I mean, going to school uh, to learn to act uh, is is a path, but it's not the the only path. But I'm so glad that I that I uh, got an uh, associate of arts degree from LA City College and and uh, learned the classics and learned some discipline about. Um, organizing your time to study for scenes and and study for um for shows. So so I I really love the time that I I spent there. Yeah. What's it like is there like a special technique or is it maybe different for every person but the thing that always fascinates me when I'm watching shows or movies or whatever it's these I'm thinking these people had to memorize these lines first and then they have to like like really portray and and come across real and like i don't know maybe it's just cuz i'm i'm getting too heady about it but i'm thinking like i'd be losing my lines and cuz i'd be thinking oh i got to act like this now and i've got to pretend this and i mean i'm i'm sure it just comes over time but what's what's some things that they sort of teach you when you're first getting into about memorizing the lines and and being authentic in your role that is very good question (laughs) (laughs) um i think it's so important to really really have your lines down i mean because you want to be in the moment when you're in a scene, and you can't be in the moment 
when you're grasping for lines. So I would say, first of all, learn your lines. And as far as doing character characters, um, it, luckily the characters that I have played, um, well, well um, Charlie's mom, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia, is basically me. However, I didn't sleep with... A, 15 Santa Clauses at Christmas time. <laughs> but basically, she's my uh, uh, heightened, uh, it's me. I mean, the writers know me. They know how I speak. And so I, I don't have to any time think about a character, which is a blessing, because I'm basically playing myself. And and also, I, w- I was very lucky with Miss Yvonne. Miss Yvonne is is very close to how I talk and how I act. So, in I guess the two major things that I'm known for, um, I didn't have to think about characterization at all ever. I mean, I really, really lucked out there. Uh, but if I'm if I'm doing um, uh, 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 oh, oh, like a Russian character, Russian dialect comes easy to me. I don't know why, but it does. <laughs> and so, so I don't have to think of uh, I don't have to think of like oh, uh, how am I sounding Russian? You know, because I feel it. I feel it in my heart. And um, of course, it's better if they get a real Russian. But, <laughs> but um, so. So I've been very lucky as uh, in my career that the stuff that I've done I I don't have to think about the characterization. However, it, it, you know, memorizing isn't always easy. Uh especially if you have to learn technical jargon because you don't speak that every day and so you have to just over and over and over you know, rehearse your lines. Like I, I remember when I did the the Pee Wee show on Broadway. I would, I would go through. We had, we had weeks and weeks and weeks of rehearsal. But I would go through all my lines every single night um, with with my dresser, um, uh, Melissa, and she she was also was a wonderful actress, and and so. And Jombie, the genie, John Paragon was in the next room, and he was like, you know, will you shut up? You know, he didn't want to hear me do my lines every single night. But I had to. I had to I had to keep it fresh and keep it in my head. And so, um, and also I feel uh, getting, getting older, being in my 60s, I, I don't have the strong recall i mean i have recall but it it's easier when you're younger to remember things you know just naturally it's just easier so i go i go over my lines a lot and i also live alone so i'm not bothering anybody you know by <laughs> going you know there's nobody in the next room saying you know will you fix dinner and will you shut up you know? <laughs> I I can eat whenever. That's the joy of being single. You can eat whenever you want to, and you're not bothering anybody. So, so that makes me happy. But um, nice. that the, that's that's what. But you know, I sometimes see people on TV, and I feel exactly. Even though I'm an actress, I feel exactly like you do. I watch them and go, "How do they do that?" You know. <laughs> How do they remember all these lines? And they're talking so fast, and they're talking about controls. You know, how how, how do they know all that? So yeah. I, I'm, you know, I'm part of it, and I'm also in awe of it because mm-hmm. it's it's just it's just amazing that that they can do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely uh, over the years getting more and more of a a really a deep respect for it because it's just like wow, that's I don't know that I could do that, you know. I I mean I have a I'm a singer singer songwriter. Right. And 
you know, sometimes getting up on stage, all of a sudden I'll go blank and forget lyrics to my song. It's a song that I could have been singing for like 20 years now, you know, and it's like, come on. <laughs> so doing a whole show would be like, wow, because I thought about oh, that'd be cool. Like I should maybe go on some auditions, which I wouldn't even know what to do if I went on an audition. But, you know, I've thought about delving into that world, but it, it really intimidates me. And then I think the biggest thing is because I wouldn't be able to memorize my lines. I would like screw up my lines. <laughs> Well, I would give it a give it a try. I mean, you know, there's plenty of people who are scared to death at doing exactly what you're doing, getting in front of a stage and singing, and yeah. and and yeah. playing the guitar. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Talk a little bit about the audition process because that seems like totally scary for me. Like, you know because you're kind of like doing something on the spot. So it's almost like an improv, but you're reading at the same time, right? Right. Well, I'm I'm very fortunate now because I've been around for so long that I know a lot of the casting directors, and they request me if there's, you know, some uh, – a crazy aunt or mother or grandmother or something, you know, they'll, <laughs> they will have seen me in something and request me. So that's very lucky when that happens because you're, you're going in already light. But there mm-hmm. were years and years and years where that didn't happen. I mean, thank heavens for the groundlings because when we started doing the Pee Wee Herman show at the Roxy Theater, people would call me in because they had seen the show. And so that was a great calling card. But the the most, I would say, for auditions is to go in with a positive attitude um, and muster up confidence, you know, go in. (laughs) And I I had an acting teacher once who said, go into the room with the attitude of, watch me. I'm going to get to act for you. I don't get to act as much as I should. This this is what I can do. Watch me. You know, go, go in with a positive attitude of showing them, hey, I can do this and I'm going to show you that I can do this. And, um, I, I mean, also just basic things. Like, I have a very close friend uh, named John Brace, who's a casting director. He casts um, Grey's Anatomy. And he said he had uh, uh, a lot – he doesn't mind touching the actors, but there's a lot of casting directors that don't want you hugging them or shaking their hands because they're they're going to be seeing people all day. And, you know, you could have a cold. Also, <laughs> yeah. perfume. Don't go in to an – if you're a woman or a man with cologne, don't go in because there's a lot of casting directors that uh, are allergic to mm. floral scents and to, to perfume. I mean, I've even seen signs that that say, you know, don't shake my hand, don't don't wear <laughs> perfume, and and just go in with a positive attitude. Uh, have don't totally memorize your your sides. They're called sides, but have a working knowledge of them and practice. You can even look in a mirror when to look down at your paper. And even if you have it memorized, still look down at your paper. Because some casting directors, if you come in and they'll say, in their mind, they'll say, oh, that's all she can do. You know, she's had it memorized. That's her performance. That's all she can do. But if you come in and look down and work with them and they say, well, we could try it a little angrier or, or a little happier or or speed it up, you know, then you, you take directions from there and, and you're working with them and your, your copy. Um, and an, another thing is to look at every everybody in the room um this is i mean especially for commercial auditions because um 
Sometimes people will just look at the men in the room. There'll be a woman on a, a, a phone or looking down, and and but still look at her like she's going to look at you. You know, <laughs> don't don't just swipe across the room and and uh, look at the man who's talking to you and giving directions, if it is a man. I mean, n- notice everybody in the room and acknowledge them, whether they acknowledge you or not. You know, that's up to, that's up to them, but you be the one to smile and acknowledge them. Um, and it, it just, it, it, gets, it gets easier. You know, it gets easier. It, it's not... It's it's auditioning is hard, and it's another another place where you you have to learn to calm yourself down. That you just don't go in the audition. And go, hi, I'm so happy to hear. <laughs> you know, you have to calm yourself down. And um, but but right now, when I do get an audition, it's usually somebody who knows my work and has thought of me for this part, and so it's. And many times it's it's seeing an old friend who's who's been a casting director for many years, just like I've been an actress for many years. So it, that 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 comes from being a long time in the saddle and just going out on auditions. And there's places in town here. Uh, the one is called Real Prose, and Real is R E E L. And you go and you practice cold readings in front of casting directors. You know, they, you have to pay to do it, but um, it, it keeps you in the loop. It keeps you from not getting rusty about going out and and reading in front of uh, important people. So there there are places in town that that uh, you can do that. You can be in front of casting directors and... and uh, also, uh, keep your skills up. Huh, that's pretty cool. That's a pretty ingenious business model, yeah. you know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> awesome. You mentioned, like, sometimes if you're there and you're reading and they're like, can you try it this way or do it more angry or whatever, how do you, on the spot like that, tap into a different emotion or a different sort of feeling well, that that comes from for me from improv. So mm-hmm. because I I've done improvisational comedy for so long, and I've played characters that are mad and crying and happy and stuff. So I, it just goes back to that skill. And also, people that haven't had any improv, it goes back to their their theatrical training. Hmm. They can draw yeah. on when they were, were angry in a scene or angry uh, in a show, um, in a in a play. But it, yeah, it's just it's just a skill, and and it's being a good actor to be able to be able to give them what they want, an emotion that they want. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. One of my mottos for business owners is, you can't do it alone. Whether you're in the startup stage of your business or you're scaling, you can't grow without relationships to provide support, wisdom, and new customers. eWomen Network is your home to connect with other women entrepreneurs who've been where you are or are experiencing the same challenges. We have chapters across the U.S. and Canada that have monthly events featuring our trademarked process called Accelerated Networking to ensure you get the contacts, resources, and leads you need to grow your business. And once you become a member, you get many benefits, including two one-on-one coaching sessions, unlimited access to our membership database, your own personal profile page, and discounts on products and services with our business partners, such as UPS and American Express Open. Join the eWomen Network community and let us help you live your dream. For details, visit eWomenNetwork.com. And we're back on the record. How have you adapted over the years with, you know, like ageism is a thing that happens. And, um, you know, you, you're once the, you know, the young 
pretty girl and now you're the the middle aged playing the moms and now you're playing the 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 grandmas kind of thing how um how do you because you were you know talking about somebody else who was putting on the moo-moos and getting all depressed and whatnot and you were like just going on and making up this character so what are things that you've done to adapt over the years well i was always a character actress and and missy vaughn was me playing a beautiful woman i had the I had V. Neal for makeup, who's won Emmys and Academy Awards. You know, I had the best costumers, the best people doing the wigs. You know, I, I out of costume, I look like anybody else on the street. Like, like the grips <laughs> that when I went to do the on the set for the Pee Wee Herman show, none of the guys paid any attention to me walking in to the studio. They didn't give me time of day. But when I was in the Missy Vaughn drag, you know, everybody wanted to help me walk because I had high heels and, you know, just bending over backwards to help me. So I, I never, I never had looks like, oh, isn't it sad her looks faded? I never had those kind of looks. <laughs> so, so I was always a character actress, and I love playing grandmas. I love playing the crazy aunt, you know, and so, so, and, and I was playing older parts, when I was 28 in improvs and in, in, in college, I was playing older parts. So luckily I know it exists. I mean, I'm not, you know, I, I, I know ageism exists, but, but also I, I have something to offer. I'm an older woman who has improv skills and, and who's funny you know, so um, I, I, the, I will work. You know, the, there's not as much work. I can't even say that. You know, I, you know, I, I can't even say there's not as much work because there kind of is. You know, there's, there's the work that I get. The money isn't like what it used to be, but the work is there. I mean, for 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 low budget stuff and and uh, for webisodes and. So, um, and it's, it's so much fun. Like there's, there's this webisode that I did called, uh, Go Go Boy Interrupted. And I, and there was this young groundling who used to be a Go Go Boy. And, <laughs> and, and he, he wrote a script, um, oh, well, you can see it. You can go on online and see it. Uh, Go Go Boy Interrupted. And we've already done a second season. Well, that's. This was this was slow budget, but it, it you know I didn't need the first time around. We didn't get paid anything, and now the second season we got paid something. But it, you, nobody's doing it for the money; they're doing it because they, his name is Jimmy Fowley. You know, we all love Jimmy so much, and we're having so much fun. So, I I, I love young people, like the talent coming up at the Groundlings, and and also it's a whole new era with internet and and with youtube you can you can do something and put it on youtube and if it's good and people like it you know there's there's groundlings that like uh, idiot sitter was a webisode and now it's on comedy central so there's so much more opportunity now than when i was a young actress because of, and it's all because of YouTube and the internet and internet and getting your stuff out there. Mm-hmm. But, but, um, to answer to your, your question about ageism, um, I, I, I don't, I don't feel it. I mean, yes, it would be great to be younger and thinner and you know, <laughs> all that stuff. But as far as work is concerned, you know, the work is somebody's got to play the crazy grandma or the crazy <laughs> aunt, you know, and I love playing it. So I, I've been very lucky that that I have worked at every stage of my career. Yeah, and, and as a character actress, and and the first the first um, 
It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's the first time that I've looked like myself. I, I mean, and so it's the first time I've been recognized because I'm usually, you know, have crazy makeup or in a crazy <laughs> wig or something. And it's really fun, you know, to, to go to a restaurant and having the waiter freak out. Like, are you Charlie's mother? You know, <laughs> yes, yes, I am. <laughs> And it's not, you know, I feel sorry for people who who are recognized all the time and they can't eat and they can't go out. But that that doesn't happen to me because I, I'm <laughs> I'm recognized uh, just enough, you know. I mean, I, I, and every time somebody recognizes me, I'm thrilled and I start being a fan of theirs. Like this one woman recognized me at the airport, and I started like following her around. I became her fan. I was so excited that she recognized me. So it, it doesn't happen too much. It's just it's just wonderful when it does happen, and and uh, and it brings people so much joy, you know, because it, it's a it's a kind of a it's a popular show, but it's still a cult show, and I, I'm a kind of a cult character on the show, so. Um, I, I'm just I'm so grateful to have that show, and so grateful to give people happiness when they freak out when they meet me. Usually, waiters <laughs> who want to be actors. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Talk a little. You've mentioned this a couple times, and I'm not really clear what it is. You said character actor. Oh, that's, character oh, actor. So there's like specific. There's specific types of actors. I come more from the music side of things, music world, so I'm not familiar with the the whole acting side. So, well, a character. Well, there's there's like the the ingenue, which is the you know beautiful young girl in a in a movie or a a, a play, and then the character actor is is like would play her 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 grandmother or her aunt or um a soothsayer you know that that would be the character actor who's who's playing a part rather than the uh ingenue or the female lead you know they're oh. they're so the character actor usually has a smaller part and usually has a much more fun part and comes <laughs> in and out of the of yeah. the play or movie yeah. And less stressful, it sounds like. <laughs> yes, less stressful and more fun. <laughs> less stuff to memorize. <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely am a character actor. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been in a role where, um, because you're you're saying like a lot of the roles you take on are kind of just an extension of you. Have you ever taken on a role that really wasn't you and you really had to, at the end of the day, when you go home, disassociate yourself from that because it felt maybe toxic or something. No, I, I never have. I've never had to take a, uh I know it's hard for some actors, but I, I never have taken on a, a role that I felt was was toxic. Um and usually my characters come from a from, come from a, a joyous place, so uh, I, I don't have to sh- shake the character at the end of the day. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because I was thinking like people who do like horror movies or even some like intense dramas and stuff like that. Um, you know, because the the mind doesn't know. Sub- subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between real and imagined. So, right. you know, I start thinking about that when I, you know, I don't really watch horror shows, but as a kid I did. And I think back now and I'm like, wow, those people are going to be like damaged, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I understand. <laughs> and I've read uh, about actors that have taken on parts and, and that it's been very, uh, uh, like Philip Seymour Hoffman when he did, um, oh my, I, I I was so happy to get his name right. I loved him so much. But but when he played w- Willie Loman, um, he he I was reading an article that he um that that he had a terrible terrible time shaking that shaking that character. Mm-hmm. So um, yes, I, I'm very fortunate that 
that I, I never I never had a uh, a character that that made me really really sad and depressed and 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 screwed up with my mind. So yeah. I, I, yeah. I never I never had to deal with that. Yeah. Awesome. Death of the salesman. That's the that's the play I was trying to think of, uh, about. That that he that uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman had such a a, a terrible time um, shaking. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, then. I hate that our time is almost out, but it is. And uh, I just would like for you to share some final words of wisdom with us. Okay. I, my final words of wisdom are, are like very basic. I tend to go off in the clouds a lot. And <laughs> just to keep notes, keep if you're going to see a casting director, and maybe the casting director is taking care of her elderly mother, write that down. So the next time you can come in, you have frame of restaurant. I mean, frame, frame of restaurant. You know where my mind is, lunch. You know, a frame of reference to to talk to her, see how her mom's doing, or if she's or he, see how his dogs are doing. We. When you're out there in the industry, um, make it personal, but make it real. I mean, uh, uh, um, listen to that casting director, and and if if they're if they are talking about something like they're you know taking care of their mother, maybe you're taking care of your mother. Like so many people, when they meet casting directors, they they just because they're nervous, they just. Do you know? And, and and my friend John Bray says he'll meet actors out socially, and they won't know who he is at all. So he stops saying hi to them. And I said, and I said, why do you think that actor didn't know you? And he says, it's because he's nervous when he comes into the office. I I'm a blur to him. So make sure that people aren't blurs to you. And keep a notebook and also keep a date book and keep <laughs> write down the times and and don't miss dates like uh like it's it's important to keep the dates, to keep the luncheon dates with friends and to and to keep uh uh manage your time and keep a date book and know where your when your interviews are and keep them. I mean, and I'm speaking this to myself as I speak it to everybody else. Just try and keep organized. Well, folks, that wraps up another episode of On the Record. Tune in next week.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.